Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are in the house. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020 KDK. I was just telling Jessica this weekend has really done a number on your frat pack. I have been battered and bloodied because of that cold weather yesterday and the hours that we put in in the plant yesterday and the short turnaround. And now I can exhale and think spring, think gardening, think of, yes, better days ahead. So we're going to start this hour on gardening tips and ideas and some great books that she would like to recommend to get you through these winter doldrums by saying if you're the 10th caller, you win a gift certificate to Sorgles, where they always are thinking spring. Uh, it is 412-922-1020. 10th caller wins that certificate. But boy, days like yesterday make you yearn for spring days in the garden. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is horticulturist Jessica Walliser. I always yearn for spring days in the garden. Starting about, you know, early December I, is when I really start thinking about uh, how exciting the spring is and how much I'm looking forward to it. And particularly, I mean, that even more than the snow for me was the rain that we had the night before. The two inches of rain and seeing all the flooding, um, uh, it, it was just crazy. And some I know like um, in Quaker Valley School District had off a of school on Friday because of all the flooding everywhere. There were so many houses that they were taking people out with boats, you know, getting people out of their houses with boats, which is crazy. And I know it's hard sometimes to think about gardening this time of year, but it is a great time, obviously, to start planning for the coming season and sort of taking stock of how last season went, what changes you want to make, um, what new things you want to try in the garden, what things failed you last year and you know you don't want to do again this year. And I think it's really an excellent time to just sort of sit in the house, start a fire in the wood stove, cozy up and read some good quality gardening books. This is the time of year when I really try to catch up on my garden reading because during the growing season, I mean, let's face it, nobody has time <laughs> to to read a lot of gardening books, you know, when you're busy out doing everything that you need to do in life and in the garden. Uh, but this time of year is great. And I really just want to mention four gardening books that I have come to love this gardening season, this growing season. Um, and I actually read them uh, last winter, most of them last winter, and would highly recommend them again. Um, none of them are written by me, although, you know, it would be great if you'd read my gardening books too. But so four of my favorites I want to mention. One is by an author who I believe we've had on the show in the past. Her name is Kylie Baumley, and the book is called The Monarch. And although, you know, it's technically an insect book because it is about monarch butterflies and saving America's most loved butterfly, but it is also about gardening because it is about how we as growers can influence this incredible insect and its numbers have dropped 90% in the past, I believe, 30 years. And some of the statistics and information about their life cycles and this amazing, incredible migration that they do every year. I mean, that's all the stuff that Kylie talks about in her book, The Monarch. So that is an excellent one that I would recommend for you. It also talks about what gardeners can do to help. I also loved a book by Nancy Lawson called The Humane Gardener. 
And Nancy is great. Nancy has some uh, put some incredible posts up on her blog, which is also called The Humane Gardener. And she is really active on social media as well. But this book is about how our gardens can really become havens for um, some incredible wildlife, whether it's songbirds or really interesting butterflies or native bees or even how to get along with rabbits and deer in the garden. She offers plenty of great tips for gardening with those creatures without you know having to pull your hair out. Uh, Tara Nolan wrote a book called Raised Bed Revolution, that if you want to start a couple of raised beds or you already garden in raised beds, you grow some veggies or flowers or herbs in raised beds, and you want some ideas for building new ones or some great plants to grow, Raised Bed Revolution is a great book for that. And then the last one I want to recommend is a book called The Art of Gardening. And it's uh, by William Thomas, and it he uh, it's about Chanticleer, which is basically my favorite public garden that I have ever been to in the whole wide world. It's outside of Philadelphia in Wayne, Pennsylvania, and it is just absolutely an incredible, incredible place. And the art of the gar- of gardening um, takes a look at Chanticleer and the design techniques that they use. And if you can't make it there in person, it is an excellent book to give you an idea and a feel for all the incredible things that they do there. You know, one thing about a greenhouse, and I could have used one last night, when the heat is on, it's just such a comforting place to be. You know, a greenhouse when something is growing and, you know, we can maybe even talk about container gardening, people doing stuff inside today. It's just, I don't know. It just warms you up. Even if it is as cold as it's been on the outside, there's something very special about a greenhouse. It's true. And it's almost an escape on a day like yesterday or today to go to a local greenhouse or even Phipps at the conservatory and just inhale because all the oxygen in the air from all of those plants and that, the, you know, the sense of green in a place like that and, and the feeling that being surrounded by plants really can give you is just a great way to really break through those winter doldrums, which I think is setting in for a lot of us right now. Or in my case, I've been living in the dark, which you could really equate I was something else that was growing, but we won't really get into that, like a mushroom, you know? <laughs> I uh, knew that's where you were going oh, with that. You look at me kind of strange. I'm like, do I give her the punchline or did she get the punchline? Well, I was going to give a punchline about are you a shiitake or, uh, you know, what kind of mushroom are you? All right, listen, what you need to do if you have any question in the way of gardening today, Doug has gone fishing, but Jessica is here. Get on the line right now. Maybe you are growing something on the inside or a gardening book or whatever. Maybe planning ahead and already thinking about your garden for this coming spring, which will be here before you know it. Easy to reach her on the phone lines at 866-391-1020 or Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdk.com. And you can also text her at that number as well. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Good morning. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020, KDKA. All right, we've got some callers ready to talk to Jessica Wallace. What are you writing about in the trip? Then we'll go right to the phone. Oh, lots of good stuff. Uh, how to set up a good crop rotation plan, even in the smallest vegetable garden. That was uh, my column from this week. And flowering vines. Somebody wrote in uh, with a question about covering an arbor with an annual flowering vine for their daughter's wedding. They wanted something a little brightly colored and unusual. And so I wrote about that in the trip. And I want everybody out there to know that, um, yes, of course, we want you to subscribe to the trip, but you can always read my columns online by going to triblive.com slash lifestyles slash Jessica Walliser, and you'll just see a rundown of all my columns. W-A-L-L-I-S-E-R. Let's go to Brad in Clarion. Brad, how you doing? Good morning, bud. Hey, doing great. Uh, I just wanted to tell Jessica what we did already for our garden. Uh, I have a farmer next door to me, and uh, about a month ago, he came up and spread a whole, whole uh, manure load of manure on our garden 
and it's winterizing now, soaking into the ground and um, making ready for the, all the vegetables we plant. Uh, last year we planted 70-some tomato plants, wow. cabbage, cucumbers, and uh, corn, all, all the vegetables, and uh, it really helps to put the manure onto our garden. It, it does a good job of boosting it up. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's sort of like something with, uh, you know, my gardening friends that we always tease about. The best birthday gift is a load of manure in the driveway <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because Any, we know how good it is. <laughs> anyways, we can. Uh, my wife, uh, she don't use, usually can as much as she used to, but we raised six children, and we lived out of that garden during the summertime, and it's healthy. Uh, we did, I uh, used to be a diabetic, and uh, I just went on a diet, and uh, I used to be on that insulin, and I don't do that anymore. I did it all on my own, eating vegetables out of the garden, mainly, and fruits and stuff like that. So it's a healthy way of living. <laughs> How wonderful for you. Now, I have to ask you, with all those varieties of tomatoes that you grow, do you have a particular favorite? I like the slicers to make a sandwich, tomato sandwich. Excellent. And are you a red tomato lover, or do you also oh, yeah. grow, like, some of the orange and yellow and other varieties? Well, we we plant all kinds, but uh, I like those big beefsteak tomatoes with the um, makes a sandwich, toasted yeah. tomato sandwich, you know. Yeah, oh yeah, there is nothing better on a summer day than a nice, warm, crusty bread with mayonnaise and a yes. big, fat slice of tomato with salt and pepper. Now you you're making it. me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, if you think about it, what he's saying it's a whole lot smarter and healthier to do something like that. You know? Oh, you know exactly what went into growing that food when right. you grow it your, yourself. You have complete control over, you know, what fertilizers are used. You know, if you're going to use something, if you have a pest attack, you know, you can control it a lot of times with something um, either like floating row cover to protect the plants or you can use horticultural oil or, you know, you have a lot more control over it. And I'm, I'm, what I love seeing, and, and I don't know how old you are, Brad, but what I love seeing is that there are so many um, people now with young families that are getting into gardening, even though their parents didn't garden. And they're yeah. growing things in containers and in raised beds. And they're, they're, they may not be growing a lot, but it's something. It's a start that could end up in a place like you or I, where we grow so much of our own food. And that's wonderful. And there's nothing like opening up a can of uh, kosher dill pickles in the wintertime and getting that man out into the table. That's good. It's, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Well, thank you for calling in this morning. I appreciate it. And I love that idea of, you know, if you have a neighbor or somebody that has manure, aged manure especially, to get it, put it on now and let it sort of simmer all winter long so you're ready to go in the spring. So great. Thank you so much. You guys have a good day. Thanks. You uh, too. All right. Again, we have room for calls at 866-391-1020. You know, smells of my childhood, sights and sounds, maybe that's what heaven will be with those aluminum plates banging back and forth in the wind that people would put in their garden to scare the birds away, obviously. And the smell of manure in the late spring, early summer, because we always had neighbors or we always had something planted in the backyard and wood-burning stoves in the wintertime and just things that really remind you of... Uh, how special Mother Earth can be, you know? Oh, 100%. I couldn't agree more. And you, and you know what? The the scent uh, for me, you know, my mom making spaghetti sauce in yeah. the house from the tomatoes from her garden. Uh, I, I never liked it on the day that she pickled the beets, though, because that to me, I, it, 
it, it smelled like dirt, but a bad kind of dirt. <laughs> you know, not like that good earthy smell. I didn't like beet pickling day, but all the other days that she, you know, did canning and freezing and tomato soup and stuff like that, I always really seemed to enjoy that. I can remember standing on my back porch, which was a cement slab, looking up over the hillside at that shift change about 4, 4.30 in the afternoon on a hot summer day, and all of these men who had worked that morning shift in the mill still in their mill clothes with just a T-shirt and their mill working pants with a shovel in their hand. I can see them right now just in the backyard working in their gardens. Yeah, right. And I I know they did it because they love the food, but I think something about it was therapeutic too, you know? It's healing, and I'm telling you, and you know, it's something that people who don't garden don't quite understand or, or don't grasp how significant it can be in your life to have a place where you can... Number one for me, connect with nature, hearing the birds, getting your hands in the soil. I mean, there's now scientific proof of the connection between human skin and the microbes that live in our soil and what that can do to to uh, for an endorphin release and really to give you um, a feeling of contentment and happiness when you put your hands in the soil. They actually now know that it's true. It's not just us gardeners saying, oh, well, I love to have my hands in the dirt. There's actually a scientific basis in that. And I think that's that uh, as the modern world progresses, we've really lost a lot of our connection to the soil and to the earth and to growing things. And, you know, we used to be so tied to agriculture and the seasons and, and we're not anymore. But I think gardening whether it's small scale or large scale, is a great way to come back to that, come back to our roots, so to speak, and uh, our connection with the the earth and and feed our bodies something that we did our or we grew ourselves, which is really valuable. And it's great for kids. I mean, it is. I read, uh, watched a, a show, there's a TV show called Growing a Greener World that airs on PBS, and my friend Joe Lample is the host, and he... Oh, I know him. Do you? Okay, yeah, well, yeah, he yeah, he, yeah. He, he went to um, the Bronx, and uh, I can't think of the name of the program, but it's this gentleman that goes into the, the public schools in the Bronx and teaches kids how to grow food, and they have hydroponic systems in the classroom, and they tie it in with all of the science... Um, projects that are going on, the biology projects that are going on. And it's just his enthusiasm, the kids' enthusiasm, their test scores went up. Um, They were able to take fresh produce home to their families on the weekends. Uh, And it was just a really, really, it was probably my favorite episode of Growing a Greener World that I've ever seen. It was really the green machine, the Bronx green machine, I think is what it was called. The only connection that I can make to that, and we've got to get to a break here. So we're going to, who's ever on hold, we'll get to you in just a moment. But Sonny Janoski and I would have these long conversations on why he loved the 4-H program mm-hmm. and why he supported what was going on at the Hookstown Fair. Because what these children did, it really set them on a course of having a better life. It really did. And, you know, it's a struggle for those of us in my industry um, to teach kids about gardening anymore. Because a lot of times they're not learning it from their parents. So how do we reach them? How do we let them know they can have a career in the green industry? Well, growing plants, breeding plants. Um, learning about plants on a um, you know a microscopic level, plant pathology. And there's so many opportunities for jobs in this industry, and 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 there's nobody to fill them. And how do we reach kids and let them know that this is a career choice? Okay, here's a question for you, folks, and we'd love to hear from you. This: Why do you garden? Is it a hobby? Is it something that's been handed down? Is it a food source? Is it therapeutic? Is it all of the above? But I've often wondered. Why people really do garden in 2018. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 866-391-1020, dollar bank, instant access, kdk.com. I know one thing, whatever you have in the garden, you can put in that slow cooker, crock pot, make some vegetable soup or stew or something of that nature, because we're going to be discussing all of your favorite slow cooker recipes coming up 
in the 8 o'clock hour today with Joe and Frank Dentisi, 866-391-1020 or Dollar Bank Instant Access at KDK.com. That's 866-391-1020, Dollar Bank Instant Access, KDK.com. The same way you can get a hold of Jessica Wallace right now. She continues to be your host. Doug has gone fishing. This is The Organic Gardeners on News Radio 1020, KDK. Good morning. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020, KDKA. All right, let me ask you to say somebody wants to have you come and speak or do something for them. You know, obviously there's a fee because you're a professional and one of the most respected. How do they? Is it Snapchat? Is it email? Is it like calling the Trib or calling here? I mean, what do they do? Well, usually contacting me directly. Uh, you can do that through my website, which is just jessicawalliser.com. I have a contact form there. You can fill that out and send it to me. Um, you can also send me an email. My, you can also get my email on my website. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. And you can private message me through that as well. And I'm happy to talk to you. I have um, you know, a couple of dates still available for 2018, which is always a good thing. And yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear from you. I love doing that. I love, um, you know, there's the radio is awesome, but I'm looking at you and Doug the whole time I'm here versus, you know, being in that front a of old, a lot of people, why. right? You know, being in front of people and having that interaction is always so great. And now that Doug and I don't do the Giant Eagle monthly events anymore, we don't get to see our, our you know, Pittsburgh people that often like we used to get to see them every month at the market districts when we did those, um, you know, speaking engagements and cooking demos. So, that yeah, absolutely. Fun, it? it was a huge amount of fun. Yeah, we were really sad to see it go. I mean, we were there for almost nine years. So, um, kidding. yeah, I mean, we had a brief break in there for maybe about eight or nine months when they had some switchover in the management and then. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was great fun and we really enjoyed doing it. I, I, you know, it's one of those things where you sort of enjoy the break <laughs> when something ends, but then it's like looking for the next thing to come along. So, uh, you know, it would be nice if we could work on that. Too. All right. So why do you garden? Just something to think about along with all of your other questions. Why do you garden and how the whole thing start for you? 866-391-1020, bank, instant access, kdk.com. Here's JT in Hemfield for Jessica Wallister on the Organic Gardeners. Good morning, JT. Good morning. Um, Jessica, I just had a question about, uh, uh, you know, like forcing uh, hot, particularly hyacinth bulbs in one of those little bulb jars mm-hmm. at this time of year. Do you have to put them in the refrigerator for a while or what? Um, usually not, because usually they've already, if, especially if you buy them for forcing, they've already undergone the treatment that they need to undergo in order to bloom. So if you're going to go out and you're going to buy a hyacinth bloom from, or a hyacinth bulb from uh, a local garden center or go online and buy them, they're ready to go. And they're so fun to grow in those glass vases. Have you done it before? Um, not really. I bought them, but uh, I'm talking about where you have bulbs that you bought for putting in the ground, and you want to force one of them oh. in one of those yourself. Okay, okay. Uh, you know what? You can give them a try and see how they do. If you didn't, so you you bought them to plant in the fall, and then they didn't. Yeah, they were in a bag in a store. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so hyacinth are a little easier to force than something like a tulip or a daffodil, which you have to commit to keeping them in a cold for a certain number of weeks below a certain temperature. But hyacinths are a little less fussy about that, which makes them uh, usually a very easy bulb to grow this way. So, I would I would go ahead and try it. Um, oh. and, 
you know, you can do it with buying what's called a hyacinth vase, which is a sort of um, elongated hourglass shaped vase that right. the, the bulb sits in the top. But if you don't want right. to invest in a hyacinth bulb vase like that, you can actually just grow them in a bowl of rocks. And, mm-hmm. and nestle the bulbs down into the rocks or pebbles, and then just fill that water up so that it's barely covering what we call the root disc, which is sort of like the circular um, shape on the bottom of the bulb that is a disc where the roots grow from. And that's the only part that you want to be in contact with the water, because otherwise that bulb can rot. Uh, and so you can grow them in a bowl of, of rocks like that by keeping making sure that you're watching that water level in there. And it's really kind of a fun way. That be, be forewarned, though, you know, hyacinth have a super strong fragrance. They and do, so yeah. if, you, if you grow more than a few of them in one particular room, you know, you might need a clothespin for your nose because it can be <laughs> really overwhelming. Yeah. But do you, you have to chill them or no? Um, I don't think so. At this point, um, I... I but if you chill them now, they're probably going to bloom right when they would bloom out in the spring anyway. So mm. I would just pot them up and cross your fingers that they okay. got enough cold already sitting out in the garage. So I'll give you a try okay. and let you know how it works out. Oh, please do. Thank you. Take care, Thank JT. You. All right. Bye-bye. All right. 866-391-1020. Bank Instant Access. KDK.com. Jessica Wallace, you're in today. Doug is gone fishing. It's the organic gardeners. So how about this flower? Orchids, orchids. What do you think orchids. about orchids? I yeah. love orchids. I love orchids. They sort of um, have this reputation of being super fussy, and there are some orchids certainly that are plenty fussy that are very hard to manage and take care of. But the most common orchids now are called Phalaenopsis, or a moth orchid, and their their blooms are big and they look exactly like a moth, right? Sometimes you'll see them at the grocery store at nurseries and they have several blooms per stem. Those are one of the easiest orchids to take care of. Um, What's really nice about orchids as a houseplant is their blooms can last for months. That flower spike could be going for three, four, sometimes even five months where the, you know, the buds progress opening one at a time up up the course of that stem. And that's what makes them lovely for me. A lot of people have trouble getting them to bloom again, myself included, because they do require you know, particular care and fertilization during the summer months in order to get them, you know, encourage them to bloom the following uh, winter. But it's worth it to give it a try. And they are nice, beautiful, glossy plants, even when they're not in bloom. Uh, And so, yeah, I think they're great plants to grow. All right, listen, we're going to take the 10th caller right now. And that person will win a wonderful $25 gift certificate to Janoski's out in Clinton. Janoski family actually getting a little R&R now, but they'll be ramping it up before you know for another spring season. But that country restaurant open for business, getting ready for that big Valentine's Day buffet. So the 10th caller, 412-922-1020. How about this idea, talking about fruit and produce and vegetables? Just saw on uh, Facebook, you make a snow cone with a little bit of ice, shaved ice, some blueberries, a raspberry, and put a little sangria or some sort of wine on top of it. That's a pretty good idea. I could go for that. I know. Me too. <laughs> me too. I don't know that I'd want something like an ice ball like hey, that though, this time of year. Well, let me ask you this. I'd rather s- have a hot toddy. <laughs> for someone who's done all of this stuff in your life, and you are amazing, have you ever made your own wine? Have you ever attempted that? I have not. My mom used to make brandy. When what? I was a kid really? in a big stoneware crock in the basement, oh. um, my dad's cousin's husband, uh, when we used to go camping, he was talking, he'd bring his brandy and everybody would taste it. And then they gave my mom and dad the recipe. 
and my mom would make it. And I remember saying to my mom, like, all these ingredients that go in here are all good for you. It's, it was like lemons and raisins and fruit and it's it, water gla- and it's sugar. Third, third and glass it'll get you. Yeast though. or whatever. <laughs> I don't even remember what all the ingredients were. But it was all like I could have eaten as a kid any one of those. But then, of course, the fermentation process happens that you know, it turns into alcohol. to watch these people make this. Oh, it is. It's cool. And I remember she had cheesecloth over the top of the crock. because made her do that, Well, Jess? you'd get fruit flies, you know, if you didn't have no, that cheesecloth. Made her make brandy. How'd that start? Do you even remember? You'd have to ask her that. But I think probably um, a it was you know free alcohol. <laughs> That's my kind of person. The challenge of it. I mean, we always had was a big it garden. Down to her though, or did somebody in the family before her do it? Well, it was my dad's cousin's husband who used to make it and was the one that told told her about it and gave her the recipe. So it was. I don't think it was like a like anything the family did in earnest or anything. I think he just like to do it and they had a big garden too so it was just one of another way to use what you grow um in a unique and and different way well you realize today is serbian new year and i did not know that plum brandy and you know uh, fruit brandy and okay. shlivovitz as it is known at the uh, fine wine and good spirit stores that is one of the traditions so well i think we have some apricot brandy at home would that count yes absolutely. all right well maybe i'll do a little toast later this afternoon nice all right let's uh let's take a break we'll come back and then diane and cranberry stay where you're at and anybody that has a question for Jessica, feel free to give us a uh, call. We'd love to hear from you. 866-391-1020. Next hour, Joe and Frank Dentisi. It's all about slow cooker recipes, a perfect way for your game day. That's next. Good morning. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDK. Gina from Cranberry won the Sorgles gift certificate, and Mary Lee from Beaver just won that Janowski's gift certificate. And guess who's back? It is our Denise Schreiber, who we know and love as our Mrs. Know It All. She is the greenhouse manager for Allegheny County Parks. Denise, how are you this morning? Trying to keep warm like everybody else. Right? You and the rest of Pittsburgh, that's for sure. It was, uh, I think, minus one when I drove in this morning. So bundle up if you head outside. Yeah, no, there's no intentions of going outside at all. I'm <laughs> just going to sit in and watch the game. Very smart. But um, it's time for my Let's Talk About Gardening class that I do every year. It's free. Um, we're going to talk about mm, what's going on, you know, in your house plants, what happened in the garden last year. Uh, I'm going to have some giveaways. I'm going to have some catalogs. So, um People can just register uh, at 412-350-2455. The office is closed tomorrow um, because of Martin Luther King Day, but they can register Tuesday. Just bring something to drink. It's going to start at 630 at the Buffalo Inn in South Park. We do this every year because we all want to talk about gardening. We just can't do anything about it right now outside. That is great. And uh, give me the date of that class one more time. It's January 23rd. It's a Tuesday evening at 6.30 at the Buffalo Inn in South Park. It's free to everyone, and we always have a good time. So, you know, bring questions. I'm going to have a couple master gardeners there. Um, Martha Swiss and I are actually going to do a demonstration on a uh, new type of planter that we're doing. So it'll be a lot of fun for everybody. You know, kind of get your brain thinking with all the catalogs coming in the mail this time of year. That is excellent. Well, thank you so much, Denise. I always know that's a good class because we also hear feedback from people about it and that how much fun they have talking gardening with you. So thank you so much. All right. Here's Diane in Cranberry. Hey, Diane. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to KDKA. Good morning. Morning. I, I my question um, 
is about poinsettia. I had one outside this summer, and it was really pretty, so I thought I'll bring it in and try and winter it over and plant it back out again next spring. Mm-hmm. But it's not doing so good, so I don't know. Um, I don't know if I just... Describe what not doing so good looks like. Uh, it looks pretty bad. Like the leaves have come off, and it looks pretty spindly. Okay, so when you when you brought it inside, it was nice and full and lush and green, and you moved it inside. Now, a lot of those leaves have dropped off. Did the bracts color at all? Did you see any red or? No. Was it pretty much green? Okay, so here's the thing we have to, uh, I, and don't give up on this plant. I'm going to tell you this right now, um, because um, most poinsettias do go through a period of semi-dormancy which is typically occurs after their bloom period or after they have their colored bracts. Now, you missed that part, and that was probably because the plant was not subjected to a critical number of hours for a certain number of weeks in darkness. So in order for those bracts to color up, most poinsettia varieties have to be have 12 hours of dark, complete darkness, and 12 hours of light for a period of about eight weeks. Um, in, in nature where they grow, you know, in, in South and Central America, it, that naturally happens. But up here we have to force it. And so if we don't force that, you know, dark light period uh, for those weeks, we don't see those bracts color up. So you miss that bract coloring, which is okay because poinsettias are great plants even when they're not in color. But now I think that plant is, is shifting into to a semi-dormancy. So those leaves are going to fall off. It's going to look like dead sticks and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I've killed my poinsettia. Reduce mm-hmm. the reduce the watering so that you're only really watering, you know, maybe every two weeks or so. Keep it on the drier side. And then when the spring arrives, you will start to see new leaf buds emerge from those nodes along those bare stems. And then you can put it back out into the garden again for next year. Okay. Okay. So I, had it in, I had it in the garage. It was cold. I brought it in the house. Now it's warm. Should I put it in the basement where I don't have a whole lot of light? Um, well, that's a really good question. I didn't know that you had it in the garage. Uh, how long was it in the garage and how cold well, is it in there? When I when it started to get cold, I brought it inside. Okay. Okay, yeah. so it was only in the garage in the fall for a little bit. Right. But there's probably not a lot of light in the garage is my guess? window. Okay. So that might have part uh, to do with the leaf drop as well, where we went from those bright conditions outdoors into far lower light inside in the garage in particular. And that also can uh, cause leaf drop to occur. Um, you can take, you can take it back down to the garage as long as it does not dip below, I would say probably maybe about 38, 40 degrees. You don't want to go much colder than that with poinsettias. Uh, if that's the case, then I would say keep it upstairs in the regular part of the house. Okay. Okay. Good luck. Thank you. I'm going to try. All right. Let's get Joyce. Joyce, we have about a minute. What's your question? Good morning. Welcome to KDKA. Uh, Good morning, Jessica and Doug. Uh, uh, Jessica and Doug, I have a curry leaf plant at my home. In summer, it was out. It did fine. But once I have brought it inside during winter, the end of the leaves are getting black. And those leaves, we use it in Indian recipes, in vegetables and curries. How I can uh, stop uh, getting them uh, from black? Okay, and it's usually the outer tip of the leaf that's turning black like that? The end, end of the 
Yeah, outdoor deep. The very tip yeah. of the leaf. Okay, so a lot of times when we see that on plants, whether it's an herb or a house plant, that is often indicative in a potted plant of salt burn. And that can be a sign of over-fertilization and improper watering. So when you water that plant, you must take it to the sink, put the water in the top, and allow at least 20% of the water that you put in the top to flush through the drainage holes in the bottom. And what that does is that washes out um, excessive fertilizer salts so that they don't build up. Because what happens is when you get fer- salt-based fertilizer and you think you're doing a good thing by adding more, what it does is the plant absorbs that and then those salts collect in the very tip of the leaves. And you will see that tip burn, what we call tip burn, or browning or, or blackening of the very tips of the leaves. So stop fertilizing in the winter. You never want to fertilize indoor plants in the winter time, And then make sure that you're flushing those fertilizer salts out through the soil every time you water. Um, it's not going to take the brown tips away from existing leaves, but it's going to prevent new ones from forming and having the plant will then be in good shape when you're ready to take it back outdoors in the spring. All right, Joyce, thank you for the call. We've got to get to a break. Coming up, news at 8, then it's the uh, Coons Cooking Hour. Today's slow cooker recipes with Joe and Frank Dentisi on KDK. Good morning. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020 KDKA. Remember, the Organic Gardeners always aim to teach you how to create a better place to garden and a safer place to live. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 